the person could say, the Alter Rebbe's premise here is every transgression is exactly the same in terms of the impact of separation from God. Obviously, there's this concept of damage to your soul, and obviously every transgression damages your soul in a different way. In terms of separation from God, it's all exactly the same. But seemingly, we could wonder about this because we know there are three transgressions that we're told better die than transgress. Idolatry, adultery, and murder. And for everything else, we're told if it's your life on the line for this transgression, you're allowed to transgress because hopefully we want you to live to be able to serve God. Obviously, there are certain situations where one is allowed to choose to die rather than transgress. But that's a different subject. But in terms of what's mandatory according to the law, idolatry, adultery, and murder, one has to die rather than transgress. And for everything else, one is allowed to transgress and not die. So that seemingly implies that idolatry, adultery, and murder have a completely different impact than anything else. And that's why for them, no, no, God forbid, better die than transgress them. The degree you'll be cut off from God is so horrific. Forget it. Die. Everything else. It's repairable damage and better live. But the Rebbe is saying that every transgression cuts you off the exact same way. The Rebbe says, no. The reason we have to die rather than transgress idolatry, adultery, and murder is not because they're more severe, not because they cut you off in a different way than anything else, but rather because this is God's will. This is God's will that for these three things, he'd rather have you die. It's not because they're more severe. And he proves it to you in a very interesting law. Law is that if someone is a known defiler of the Sabbath, you're not allowed to eat from his slaughtering of an animal. If such a Jew would be a ritual slaughterer and a known adulterer, I'm sorry, a known defiler of the Sabbath, you're not allowed to eat from that meat. From such a man, the meat's not kosher. No way. But if the man is known to commit adultery, you're allowed to eat from his slaughtering. I wouldn't advise it, but technically you're allowed to. So what do we have here? If he's known to defile and desecrate the Sabbath, we're not allowed to eat from his slaughtering. If he's known to be an adulterer, we're allowed. So that implies that desecrating the Sabbath is adultery. But if I'm tested with adultery, if I'm being forced to commit adultery or die, I'm supposed to die. But if I'm being forced to desecrate the Sabbath or die, I'm told I can desecrate the Sabbath and live. So in one situation, the Sabbath is more significant and severe and extreme than adultery. And in another situation, adultery is more significant, severe, and extreme than the Sabbath. So what's going on? What's going on is this is the will of God. The will of God is in this situation, adultery is viewed as more extreme than the Sabbath. And in another situation, the Sabbath is more than adultery. Because it's not bound by human reason and understanding. This is God's will. And therefore, the Rebbe is saying, the fact that one has to die for idolatry, adultery, and murder is not because they're more severe and cause a different type of cutting one off from God than any other transgression, which supports his point that every single transgression cuts you off from God the exact same way. When in our heads we use the term, ah, it's only a little sin, it's only a little transgression, it's not really so important. There's our spirit of folly taking over us. Now, post the sin, if it was a transgression for which, 
there was not death or spiritual death or an extinction of the soul. Obviously, at that point, we begin doing our process of repentance, uh, basic repentance or repentance from love to rectify and repair all the damage, to release the soul from under evil, to release the animal soul, to release the body, to try to atone for the act. All of these things can happen post the sin. But during the time of sin, that disconnection is so extreme that we think of it and we understand what's happening. It would very much keep us feeling the danger of sinning, the danger of cutting off our relationship with God for the duration of that sin. Never says if we can envision this, this is like metaphorically, because someone's grasping ahead of the king, that's God, the ultimate king, his head, his energy, and forcing it, submerging it in a toilet bowl full of vomit. That could be a metaphor for my soul, that could be a metaphor for God, both of whom are causing incredible pain and damage to, because they're tied to me. And when I'm going in that place of vomit and filth, that place of evil, I'm bringing them with me. So the person would say, well, the transgression just lasts five minutes. So only for five minutes the king is gagging on this vomit. So for us to think, it's okay, it's not really a significant transgression. Never says, don't let your spirit of, spirit of folly get to you. It's significant. That's the king you have gagging on that vomit there. Don't do it to him. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to God. 